Bring your family closer together with the Jesus Calling Family Devotional. Each day offers an adult devotion from Jesus Calling and a children's devotional excerpted from Jesus Calling 365 Devotions for Kids and includes enriching questions to spark deeper family conversations. Available now everywhere books are sold. Mind, body, spirit. Like things I've had to do over the past 10 years to really stay in tune with my body because all of us go through things and, you know, we try to push it away, like put it in a box per se and not deal with it, but ultimately it catches up with us. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today's guests are women with often stressful careers who also juggle being wives and mothers. They both sought to have peace in their lives and began to look at their approach to food and nutrition and their connection to God and the people around them. Star of HDTV's Flip or Flop, Christina Anstead, and Food Network host and author, Melissa DeArabian. First up, Christina Anstead grew up in the Anaheim Hills, and before she was even a teenager, she loved exploring neighborhoods nearby where new houses were being built. Later in life, as she was pursuing a degree in public relations, she took a turn and decided to get her real estate license. Landing in a small real estate office at 21 years of age, she nabbed her first big home sale in 2008, and then the market crashed. This ultimately led she and her husband at the time to invest in homes that needed to be redone and reselling them for a higher value. They got the attention of HGTV, and they sent a camera crew to follow them on their renovation journeys, and the show, Flip or Flop, was born. Christina never thought she'd be in front of a camera as part of her job, and the pressure to perform took its toll on her health, as well as problems in her marriage that ultimately led to a divorce. She shares how the moments from both her successes and her difficult times led her back to wellness and a new journey toward God. I'm Christina Anstead. Um, You may know me from HGTV. I host Flip or Flop, as well as Christine on the Coast, and I'm writing a new book called The Wellness Remodel. So I live in a community that I love. I have an amazing, supportive husband who genuinely is supportive and who lifts me up and motivates me and who has my back. And we have together five wonderful children. And I never imagined having more than two kids. And now we have five, but it's so fun. Like I love having a big blended family, it's awesome. So the book I'm writing is called The Wellness Remodel, and I'm writing it with one of my best friends. Her name is Kara Clark, and she runs Kara Clark Nutrition. So I actually met Kara in 2013. So in the book, we talk about basically how we met, but long story short, I was looking for a nutritionist, and my sister found her on Facebook. And so I reached out to her, and she ended up being like, oh, I'm a fan of your TV show. Um, I would love to work with you. So we ended up meeting for coffee, and we were just fast friends. And uh, she helped me a lot throughout the years. When she looked at what I'd been eating, I'd been super over-caffeinating and like living on protein bars because I was like bouncing from house to house, just getting coffees, like just thinking like, I need to stay so on, you know, I'm on camera and then I have to go home to my kids. Like there's no time to have downtime. So she was like, you eat like a toddler and you're drinking way too much caffeine and like sent me a program and it was a lot more calories than I'd been taking and her program really worked for me. Then really it boils down to nutrition. After my divorce, I 
got so stressed and I had horrible autoimmune flare-ups, which I didn't know they were autoimmune at the time. I felt so sick and I was like losing so much weight and, and you know, maybe I looked good on the outside, but I, I felt awful, awful, awful. No matter what I would eat, I would just get these weird pains. So I, I went to the ER because it was so excruciating. And the person at the ER said, are you stressed? And I was like, this is not stress. I feel like I'm dying. And he's like, well, you know, you probably need a prescription for like uh, anti-anxiety or anti-depression. I left and I'm like, there's no way. Like, what is going on? There's something wrong. So I ended up finding um, a naturopath doctor who I'd never been to one before. And I go in there and she runs a ton of blood work and was like, yeah, of course you're not feeling right. You, you have Hashimoto's thyroid, which I had no idea what that was. But basically my thyroid was like attacking itself. And I also have a couple other things going on. So I got put on a bunch of supplements and all this is discussed in the book as well. Just how you have to be your own advocate for your health. To be honest, after having a baby, I'm re-going through certain things. So my nutrition is super on point and that's how I'm able to still stay like thriving and wake up and get things done. But after baby, like my body, when you have autoimmune stuff, it goes out of whack. At the end of exhausted days, like I can see it in my eyes. I can tell when I'm overworked. Like I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, wow, you may have all this like makeup on and your hair looks nice. But in my eyes, I can tell like, wow, I look, I look tired. I just had a baby. Like most people take more time off. I took eight weeks off and I understand because the show must go on. But if I say that I can only work four days a week right now, because I have to be super on at work, then that's all I can do. Like and I just keep pushing it and I'll eventually get my way, but I'm not doing that because I'm being selfish. Like I'm doing that because I, I genuinely need that and I need time to spend with my kids too. So I'm like my biggest cheerleader, I guess. And I just make sure people are listening to me, but like all the other noise about other things, I just block that out. There was times when I was really low and I would just let myself sit in it. Like I would go in my backyard by myself and listen to all my thoughts. Like this is why you're feeling like this. And I don't wanna go out and I don't wanna see anyone. I need to sit in this and I need to figure out how I can make this right. And I just need to figure this out by myself. And I had so much clarity and I actually felt like I was at peace. It was just really eye-opening and that just kind of took my life on a turn, like for the better, like done with dwelling in, on the past and it's, it's time to refocus. And it, it really did. It was the most spiritual weekend of my life. It was incredible. And ever since then, things have been better. So after the divorce, there was a series of things that happened that were like straight from God. And they're so personal that maybe when I'm like 90, I'll talk about them. But um, it led me to start going to church. And the messages that I was being sent spiritually were the same messages I was getting at church. And it actually made me be able to relax a little bit when everything else was so crazy and there was so much commotion like in the physical world. I was able to mentally like refocus and know there was a bigger purpose in all this which was huge for me. Maybe I'm not gonna find out for two years, but there will be a reason why certain things are happening. When a door closes, I trust that it's gonna close. Like every night before bed, I just pray that doors that need to be shut that don't bring me something to my greater good, shut them and lock them. And doors that need to be open that are better for you know my spirit, then open those up. 
that really is my prayer. And that, and that works. Sometimes some, an opportunity that I think 100% is going to come and it doesn't, I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. While Christina was on her journey to better health and tuning into her spiritual life, she received a copy of Jesus Calling as a gift. As she began reading it daily, it helped her continue to focus on her relationship with God and moved her toward a more peaceful place. Someone gifted me with it. I believe it was the kid's nanny's mom, who she lives in Yorba Linda, and we used to all go to church together. And I like randomly opened it up to the day that it was, at the time that I received it, and I was like, well, it was, it was very spot on. Back when I first received the book and my brain was so cluttered with thoughts, I would literally just like pray for peace. Like, oh my gosh, I just want peace. Like oh, anything for peace. And my brain for the first like month would feel like, oh, clouded. Oh my gosh, too many thoughts, like crazy. And finally, after like doing this ritual for like, 30 to 60 days, but I was going through a lot. It finally was like, oh my gosh, peace. That's amazing. It's like, I was like, oh, finally, that's all I wanted. Every day for that whole year, for that first year, I would always read it. And I actually posted a couple of them on my Instagram, ones that really hit home. October was a really big month for me. So this is October 5th. Remember that joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Some of the world's most miserable people are those whose circumstances seem the most enviable. People who reach the top of the ladder career-wise are often surprised to find emptiness awaiting them. True joy is a byproduct of living in my presence. Therefore, you can experience it in palaces, in prisons, anywhere. Do not judge a day as devoid of joy just because it contains difficulties. Instead, concentrate on staying in communication with me. Many of the problems that clamor for your attention will resolve themselves. Right now, I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my health. And I'm grateful for all my amazing work opportunities. I just feel like, especially for my kids, I'm just able to be so strong for them and show them what boundaries are. And even though it was such a hard time in my life, it led me to where I am now, which I'm at a really good spot. When you go back and focus on the Lord and focus on peace, joy will come. You can find Christina's new book, The Wellness Remodel, wherever books are sold. Stay tuned to Melissa D. Arabian's story after a brief message about a new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids that little girls will love. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. 
Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Help your kids find peace in Jesus. The Jesus Calling for Kids devotional is adapted from the best-selling Jesus Calling book, beloved by millions around the world. Each day's devotion shares the same theme as the adult version, as well as written-out scripture verses, making it easy for parents and kids to share daily devotional time. Plus, this new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids comes with a pale rose pink cover, an interior that girls will love. Learn more about this adorable new edition of Jesus Calling for Kids at JesusCalling.com slash books. Melissa D'Arabian is on a mission to help others see that food is more than just a necessity. It can be a vehicle for connection and a conduit for compassion. Today, the Food Network star and host of $10 Dinners traces her journey from her days as a finance executive at Disney to having four kids in diapers a few years later, then finding herself competing to become the winner of the next Food Network star. Along the way, Melissa realized that God was sitting across from her at every single table and that time spent in sharing food together could create peaceful spaces in our lives together with those we love. My name is Melissa D'Arabian and If people know me, they would know me mostly from my work on Food Network. I've been working in the food space for about 10 years, and I love my job. Elementary school cafeteria is where I first discovered that I was poor. And it was through that school cafeteria experience that I met a cast of characters who reached out to me in a way that I believe really was the hands and feet of Jesus. Katie Rudder would share her Fritos corn chips with me every day. Um, I would not have a full lunch, and some days I wouldn't have any lunch at all. She was unaware of the fact that I was counting on her Fritos to help fill me up, but she shared them with me every day. And more than that, she shared a space at her table. We shared our lives together. So food saved me, which is not something I say lightly. That was the beauty of what Jesus did in his compassion with food. It wasn't just the big miracles and the and the feeding of the masses. Jesus shared a table with the marginalized and shared lives with them. So that school cafeteria was that first peek into the compassion and the unifying and the equalizing power of food. I met my husband when I was 32, almost 33, and we were married when I was 35. And then we had the kids when I was 36, 37, 38, 38. So four daughters. And I was finance executive for Disney. To go from, you know, 80 hour a week finance job to then just, you know, a few years later, having four kids and being a stay-at-home mom was a pretty big leap. When the twins were about 10 months old, I started to think, okay, I think I need another project. So that's when I started um, doing speaking in the local Dallas area about money-saving strategies and techniques. And, And that's what led me to making a video about how to make yogurt in your hot Texas garage, because that's how I was saving. I was saving over $100 a month making organic yogurt for my four babies in my hot Texas garage. So I made that video. And then that led to me being on Food Network Star. And when I went on to Food Network Star, 
it was never, I want to have a TV show. It was really about exploring what I thought I could share with people to make their Tuesday night just a little bit better. My personal life mission statement came to me when I was pregnant with the twins and the day that I found out that it was two more girls. I had a one-year-old girl and I had a a 10-month-old girl. And then I found out that I'm pregnant with two more girls. And I shared this news with two friends of mine. And both of them called me back and left me a voicemail. And they both responded back with a variation on the exact same voicemail, which was, God knows what he's doing. He is giving you four young women to mentor and be their guide. And in that moment, I suddenly felt the enormity of the honor that God was bestowing upon me. And I stepped into that very humbly and very seriously. And that led me to my um, my personal life mission statement, which is uh, about connecting with women and partnering with them. What that looks like, the details are sort of none of my business. So if it's, you know, going on Food Network and being able to connect with people and create a recipe that, you know, enables them to um, entertain affordably on a $10 dinner, then then super, like that's great. It could be that I'm with my daughters at home and I'm teaching them to cook. I would sometimes go back and like judge the next Food Network star. So I'll get to see contestants and they will say things like, oh, I just know that I'm meant to be the next Food Network star. I know that that's my life mission and my life goal. And I want to say, I don't think you're thinking big enough. Like, I really don't. Like, don't get me wrong. It is super and great to go and be on Food Network. And I love Food Network and I love $10 dinners and I love my job. But that's just a detail. Really, that's a manifestation of a bigger thing. I think our life mission statement is a bigger thing that we might be called to, to show up for and be open to the details of how that plays out. For years and years, I've been a reader of the Bible in the mornings, and then I'll add in like a daily devotional. And Jesus Calling was where I added in that devotional piece to my morning time with God. I received my first copy of Jesus Calling years ago um, from a woman named Darla, who was in my Bible study. And one thing I loved about Darla, and she was sort of known for doing this, is she would buy multiple copies of Jesus Calling. And it was sort of her go-to gift for um, people who were new in town or people who hadn't heard of Jesus Calling. I love the idea of sort of imagining Jesus talking in, in these words that I haven't already read in the Bible. <laughs> like I think, I think there's something about that that's um, it's sort of sweet and comforting. I find a comfort in it and a welcoming um, in Jesus Calling. This is the Jesus Calling passage from April 18th. Peace is my continual gift to you. It flows abundantly from my throne of grace. Just as the Israelites could not store up manna for the future, but had to gather it daily, so it is with my peace. 
the day-by-day -day collecting of manna, kept my people aware of their dependence on me. Similarly, I give you sufficient peace for the present when you come to me by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. If I gave you permanent peace, independent of my presence, you might fall into the trap of self-sufficiency. May that never be. I have designed you to need me moment by moment. As your awareness of your neediness increases, so does your realization of my abundant sufficiency. I can meet every one of your needs without draining my resources at all. Approach my throne of grace with bold confidence, receiving my peace with a thankful heart. I love that this passage refers to the Israelites and the manna because it speaks to the generosity of God. The Israelites were complaining and grumbling about how, oh, we shouldn't have left Egypt. We were slaves, but at least we had good meat and we had food to eat. They were complaining. They were not coming with thanksgiving to God. And yet God turns around and gives them manna. And he tells them not to store it up, which I love that the beauty of us trusting God and getting our literally our daily bread, our daily fill. I love how generous that God is. So this passage is a perfect one for me, not just April 18th, but I think every other day of the year. So my latest book is Tasting Grace. Um, and Tasting Grace is the book that nobody asked me to write. It's the book that in my quiet time in the mornings, in my devotional time with God, that's where Tasting Grace was born. You know, we're in this space where as a society, we are both obsessed with food and very disconnected from our food. So we have celebrity chefs and people read cookbooks for entertainment and they, you know, post every single meal that they eat on Instagram with these kind of crazy filters. But then a lot of us are not cooking our food, let alone are we part of the growing and the creation process of our food. And I'm not saying that we all need to be farmers, but there is a, um, there is a cost to us being as far separated from the source of our food as we have become. So in this world where in society we're, we're obsessed with food and a society has a lot of messages about food and it was all kind of confusing. And so I, I decided in this whirlwind of societal messages to say, okay, I see what society is saying about food, but what does God have to say about food? What does God have to say about how we think about food for ourselves and our bodies and each other and the earth and how we connect with one another and how we relate to God? So that's, that's what Tasting Grace is. It's the story of the invitations that God is issuing to us through food that I think we just might be missing. At least I know I was missing. I think that there are a lot of aspects of our food system that in society, we've been viewing as flaws to the food system. For instance, our food requires patience and food also requires a certain amount of work. We need to then buy in in advance and then think about how we're gonna prepare it and then we need to clean up afterward. You know, we've um, living in a society that tells us essentially that the time that we're spending in the kitchen is wasted. But what if all of these 
features of the food system aren't flaws, but actually invitations into a greater joy and into a greater connection and with our maker and with each other. Doesn't that change a little bit how we look at the worthy work of preparing our food, of the worthy work of doing the dishes after our guests have gone home? So we can lean into the deliciousness and we can step away from the societal language of guilt that we need to not enjoy a tomato because it has too much sugar. We can step away from the societal language of turning the worthy work of hospitality and welcoming people into our homes into performance. That's a societal construct, this idea that we should find the greatest Pinterest recipe and impress our friends with this recipe, bring them into our home and make them think you spent hours in the kitchen and you didn't. You know, that kind of language is what society is saying about food. But what God is saying about food is filled with invitation. It's filled with connection to him and to each other. You can find Melissa's book, Tasting Grace, wherever books are sold. If you'd like to hear more about finding peace in uncertain times, visit our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Jesus Calling Book to watch videos from Dr. Henry Cloud, financial planner Emily Stroud, and more. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we talk with Christine Carter, the founder and CEO of Weight Loss Hero. After losing 175 pounds, Christine found that in order to achieve lasting change in your body, you first have to transform your mind and learn to love yourself the way God already loves you, just as you are. We are God's creation. He loves us. Why should we not love us? We give so much love and we pour so much love out into every other person and every other thing in our lives, but we put ourselves last. And certainly there's something to be said about having a servant's heart, but you can never pour from an empty cup. So when I say self-love and you step on this journey, it's truly saying, hey, I'm going to appreciate this body that God gave me. Yeah, maybe it's got some marks and scars and whatever, but I'm going to love myself for who I am, even though I'm flawed. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel, on IGTV, or on JesusCalling.com slash video.